This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. take just a minute to share with us about something and we're going to pray again okay um my niece has a little friend the little guy i don't know if anybody heard about the little the guy that little kid 13 year old committed suicide last friday where he's only 13 years old had just gave his life to christ about maybe two months ago but i want all the parents to know it's a game out there i'm talking about a game that they can download and it's called more more suicide it is a demonic spirit and if any of you all want to see me after church i will show you the the look the thing that's on my um phone but this game the last ending of the game they do everything and when the last thing is to commit suicide this little boy 13 years old committed suicide last friday and his two younger siblings found him dead hung in his room at home. We got to be vigilant because the enemies, the, the enemy coming to take our young people and we know that they are the future for us. And if he get them, we have no future. So I, God showed it to me just to plain this morning about how these demonic spirit is just coming about and running rapid on our kids. So it's going to be up to us as Christians to watch and see what our kids are seeing. And, and not only your kid, but any kid, to seeing what they're seeing and being able to tell the parents about these different things that's out there. But like I said, you can see me at the church, and it's called More More Suicide. Hallelujah. Just before we get our message, let's join some prayer. You see why I'm talking about cosmic conflict, why I'm talking about prayer? We are in a real battle. Boy, it's not about land. It's not about who's controlling the Congress. It's life and death. And it's our kids and our grandkids. It's our future. It's people that Jesus loves and died for. This is why it's serious business. This is why we're talking about the cosmic conflict. We're going to be talking about the armor of God. And I'm telling you, we need to be alert and we need to be vigilant about what's going on and what's happening around us. Amen? Let's go to the Lord in prayer about this. Father, we just come against this spirit in the name of Jesus and the gateway that's opened on the, on the internet. Father, we bind this thing. And this demonic spirit that's behind it, in the name of Jesus, we command you to cease and desist in your maneuvers against the young people and any people through this game. In the name of Jesus, we shut you down. We shut down the portal and the gateway through that internet. Father, I thank you that you move supernaturally to expose it and take it off. And any child that is under the influence of it, we come against that spirit and we break its power over them in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Listen, it's the real deal. What you have is the real deal. But listen, unless we do something with it, it will not avail. Amen. 
We have to use the sword of the Spirit. We have to use the faith God's given us. We've got to use what God has given us, and if we will, we'll win the battle. But if we don't, the enemy will come in and run roughshod over us in our household. I'm not willing to allow him to do that. How about you? Turn to Ephesians 6. We're going to continue along this theme of the cosmic conflict, but we're going to be talking about the armor of God, what it is and how to use it. And listen, we need to understand, we've, we've mentioned this time and again, but I'll say it again, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not the Republicans, it's not the Democrats, it's not the Communists, it's not any of those things. It is the demonic spirits of Satan's kingdom that are arrayed against humanity. And the devil don't care what your color is, what your ethnicity is, what your education is, what your background is, what your political affiliation. He cares for none of that. He wants to kill and steal and destroy you and your family. You say, oh, pastor, this sounds like a negative message. No, I'm telling you the truth. Now, I'm going to tell you the good news, but i got to tell you the truth first. Amen? Amen. Christianity is not a Disneyland, Disney Park experience. It's a battle. Amen? Ephesians 6. We're going to pick up at verse 14 today. He said, this is... Hold on. Let me get the right verse here. Right chapter. Stand firm, then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert. Say, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. You see why I said what I said at, at the offering time? How important it is that the church, the God's people, be people of prayer? You're not going to defeat Him any other way. It's fine. Be a good citizen. I, I'm all for that. You know, protest in the right way. Do any of those things. Petitions, all that you want to do. But I'm going to tell you, fighting this enemy is not the way. That's not the way to defeat that enemy. So I'm not, I'm not talking about the political sphere right now, except the, what's behind it all. And I don't have time to get into that. But we know this, that it's either the Spirit of God or the spirit of Antichrist that's going to motivate our institutions. Isn't that right? Whether it's government, whether it's political, or whether it's economic. He wants to control that because through that he can control people. So he gives us all this armor here. It's divine equipment that God has given us so that we can defeat Satan's evil empire. And we already talked about his evil empire. He's arrayed against you. The word devil comes from the Greek word diablo, which means to repeatedly, repeated blows. Boom, boom, boom. When they, you know, in, in the old days when Paul wrote this, if, if they came up on a, a city or a stronghold that had a big wall around it, they had these huge siege engines, they called them. 
And they would hurl massive boulders against the gate or against the wall and repeated blow after blow after blow until finally what? They so weakened the gates or a portion of the wall that it would crumble. That's the picture of the, of the enemy coming against you. It's blow after blow after blow. And usually it's in your mind and in your circumstances. He's coming blow after blow after blow to, be, to wear you down and to weaken your defenses. And then he's going to come in and take you captive. So we better be ready and we better be equipped and we better have the right equipment. And that equipment is called God's armor. Amen. Notice he says here, stand therefore. That word stand there means to stand upright. You ever seen anybody, uh, you ever seen a boxing match? They're not sitting in recliners fighting each other, are they? No, I'm telling you what. If, if you never see anybody laying down fighting, whichever one's laying down, that means the fight's over for them. Isn't that right? He says that this armor enables us to stand. we got to stand. If you're just passive, this is why I hate traditional religion that teaches us to just be nice little passive people and, you know, don't make any waves and, you know, just be nice. After all, we're supposed to be humble. Not before the devil. We humble ourselves under God. We stand against the devil. He said, you stand upright, you stand strong. And when we have God's armor upon us, he says, you are enabled to stand. Because this armor is divinely empowered. Each part of it is divinely empowered by God to help us defeat the enemy and stand triumphant. And that means for your family too. Amen. It also means confident. See, I can enter the battle. I can enter my prayer closet. I can stand against the enemy with confidence. Why? Because of the armor of God. You remember when David was, you know, came to visit his brothers, you know, and Goliath was coming out. Remember that, don't you? And David, you know, he kept saying, who is this guy? I mean, man, who, I mean, how's he, how dare he defy the armies of God? You know, and you know the story, and Saul heard about it, and Saul called him up, and Saul put all his armor on him, and he said, now, okay, wear my armor and go out there and do it. And David's, you know, the impression is David gave it a few steps, and he said, can't do it, because I've not yet proved the armor. You know, we're confident when we stand in God's armor and we stand in battle, and if you ever do it, your confidence will grow because you know what you'll do? You'll prove that God's armor on you is more than enough to defeat the enemy in every situation in your life. Not only for you, but for your family. Not only for your family, but for your neighborhood. Not only for your neighborhood, but for your city. Not only for our city, but for our nation. So it's upright, it's confident. There's seven pieces of armor. This seven in the Bible always stands either for perfection or completion. So when we put on this armor, all seven pieces, we are completely furnished to do battle against the enemy. But now if we leave it off, six, you know, I, well, I've got on six pieces, not seven. You know what the number six, four in the Bible stands for? Man. 
Yeah, how's that working out? We don't want to depend on the arm of flesh, do we? So we want to have the full armor of God on. So today we're going to talk about uh, two pieces of it. Now listen, with all the armor on, how many of you ever heard this and maybe quoted this vessel or this verse, no weapon against me shall prosper? Well, that's only true if you've got on the armor. You know? So, so I got on all the armor, but I had got on my helmet. Well, can I say no weapon formed against me will prosper? Because if he aims at your head, isn't that right? And that's really where a lot of the attacks come in is in our mind. I can't, I won't, I'm no good, I can't do it, we can't do it, they can't do it, I don't like them, they're not like me. And all that get, he gets all that stirred up, even in the body of Christ. Young against old, old against young, black against white, you know, Catholics against Protestants, Protestants against Catholics, and we've got all this stuff going, and that's all it is, is the devil. And it's because we don't have our armor on, so we're susceptible to that. But we'll sing hallelujah and say, no weapon formed against me will prosper, when all the time we are in, we are captivated in our mind by the enemy. Now, he says, the first two pieces we're going to look at is called the belt of truth. Now, the belt, and, and when Paul is talking about this armor, he's, he's talking about it, he's using it as an analogy because of the Roman warrior in the day. And in the day, the Roman warrior, uh, you know, they had the helmet on, they had their breastplate of righteousness on, they had the, well, the breastplate on, we're going to talk about it in a minute. And then they had the belt on, but the belt, of truth he's talking about here is something that tied it all together. It held the breastplate in place on the bottom. His sword was kept in place by the belt. His shield, when he wasn't using it, was hung from the belt. His lance was in a pouch that was attached to the belt. And how I many you know if you take your belt off, your pants liable to fall down? You're exposed. He's he talks about it being around the area, the reproductive area, the loins the, uh, that gird about the truth. So the truth, God's Word, is the whole crux of the matter. If we don't have on the belt of truth, none of the other weapons will work for us. He will have stripped you of the ability to implement and use the rest of God's armor because what? This is the part that holds all the other pieces together. It's the most important piece. Now, see, we'd look at the breastplate, we'd look at the shield, and we think it is. But you do away with truth, what have you got left? Look in uh, Proverbs chapter 3. Turn over there. I'm doing my best. By the way, I want to thank Pastor Walt for last week for standing in for us. I heard great things, brother. Thank you so much. I know it was good. Cindy and I were over in uh, Ellic City at the Passion Church there, and we were preaching for their pastors. They had a pastor appreciation day, and we had a great time, and I appreciate Pastor Walt standing in here. Proverbs 3, 21. My son, do not let wisdom. Where does wisdom come from? It comes from God's Word, doesn't it? Do not let wisdom or truth and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you, an ornament of grace to your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety. Your foot will not stumble. 
When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you, he said, when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or the, or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. So this word, this belt of truth, it holds everything together. It has to be your final say-so. I say this all the time, but it's truth. Everything has a voice. It does. Even things that don't have a voice have a voice in a way. You ever looked at your bank account and it talked to you? Need some help over here. Need something coming in over here. It talks to you, doesn't it? You've, those bills start to pile up. They talk to you, don't they? The rent's 60 days past due. Somebody's talking to you, aren't they? Everything has a voice. If your body is not what God wants it to be, the health is not there, it talks to you, doesn't it? So everything, in a sense, has a voice to So things are going to be speaking to you. And unless you have the loins, your loins, that belt of truth around you, the Word of God, the wisdom of God, the understanding of God that comes from the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, then I'm going to tell you something. The voice that is loudest in your head is the one you're going to follow. So the word, this belt's got to be on us. It's got to be our final, final say-so in my life. So let me ask you this morning. Is God's word the final say-so, or is it just uh, a part of the say-so? I, I got God's word, and I got my circumstances. So there, you know, on the one ear, I'm listening to my circumstances. On the other ear, I'm listening to God's word. What does the Bible tell us that that's a picture of? Double-minded man. And what did he say is going to happen to the double-minded person? You're not going to receive any, any help from God. Not because God's not willing to get it, but because you're double-minded. And see, if we listen to the lies of the enemy, he tells us you're no good, you can't, you'll never make it, God don't love you, God's not working in your life, things are not, you know, because things are not what they, they ought to be, they're never going to be good for you, all of that junk. What did he, what was the first thing that the enemy challenged Adam and Eve in the garden? Who is the ultimate source of authority in your life? Is it what God said, or do you want to listen to somebody that's talking reasonable? You know, the enemy, when he comes at us, he doesn't just come out, you know, just all at once out in the open, you know, with the red suit on and the pitchfork and the pointy ears. Man, a lot of times, you know, he's that good-looking guy with the, with the six-pack, you know, and the blue eyes and the hunky guy. That's the way he comes across sometimes. Come on. He doesn't just jump out there and say, hey, I'm the devil, I'm going to get you. You know, I'm the devil. Listen to me, hate everybody. No, little by little. Remember we said Diablo. He's 
hitting you. Blow after blow after blow after blow. Those people don't like you. You're not loved there. People don't like you. You're not going to make it. They don't like you because you're this or because you're not that. They, they don't like you. People at work, they don't like you. People don't like you. You remember what that, the way they looked, the way they didn't, didn't look, the way they, way they talked about you, the way they didn't greet you. Hey, they don't like you. They don't like you. They don't like you. They don't like you. Come on. White people's your enemy. No, black people's your enemy. Come on. And see, he's doing that. He's, he's pounding, pounding. And see, if you don't have truth as your final say-so, sooner or later, he's going to convince you by his arguments that he's right. The written word of God. The final say Let it be the final say-so. Not, not what your pastor says, what the book says. Not what somebody else says, what the book says. Not what CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN, Fox, and any of the others say, what the book says. Let that be your final say-so. It's all right. I'm, I'm fine with being up on current events, but that's not my final say-so. I'm not going to spend more time listening to them than I do listening to the voice of God in this Word. Then the belt of, uh, after the belt of truth, he talks about the breastplate of righteousness. Now, this is one of the largest pieces of armor for a, a Roman uh, soldier. It, it, it came from the shoulders all the way down to about right here about the knees. And see, and then that belt of, of truth, the belt held it in place down here. But see, it, it was a covering, and it was one of the most beautiful pieces of the armor that the Roman soldier wore. It was, it was made out of mail. It was kind of like, looked like fish, you know how fish scales look? It wasn't just one solid piece, but it, and, and it covered not only the front, but also all the way down to the back. Because, see, on the front side, it covered your vital organs. And on the back side, it covered what was the most exposed. Because, see, when you're in a battle doing this, somebody come up behind you. But see, because you got on this breastplate of righteousness, it not only covers the vital areas of your heart and your lungs and all of that, but it also protects your backside. Amen? Absolutely. It protects the vital and the vulnerable. And so we put on this uh, breastplate of righteousness. It protects from the repeated blows of the enemy. Listen. When you have armor on, it doesn't mean you're not going to be hit. It means you're not going to be wounded when you're hit. Now, life happens to all of us. I gave up a long time ago trying to explain everybody's circumstance. That's way over my pay grade. But I do know this, life happens to all of us, doesn't it? We have setbacks. We have tests. We have trials. The Bible says we're going to have them. If the Bible says we're going to have them, then I'd be a liar to tell you you're not going to have them because you're going to have them. <laughs> we all have them, and we know that, don't we? But here's the difference. See, I've seen the same circumstance hit two different people. One of them have, has on their armor. The other one doesn't. Because the one with their armor, yes, it's difficult, it's hard, but because they have their armor in place, because they have the Word of God as their final say-so, because they've got, uh, the blow doesn't reach them, it's not a mortal blow. It hits their armor, yes. They feel it, yes. But the one that doesn't have their armor on, it, it becomes a mortal blow. 
they, they get a wound that then gets infected. Come on. And there's bitterness. There's why me? Why did this happen to me? I mean, I go to church every Sunday. I don't understand why this happened to me. Why is this, you know, and you can tell when people are wounded. Isn't that right? Anybody in the medical profession? I know we have some in here. When people come in, you know, whether you're in the doctor's office or the ER room, if they're in pain, do they let you know it? Can you tell whether they're in pain or not? You sure can, can't you? Their expression tells you. That, uh, the sound, if it's enough pain, something's going to be coming out of their mouth. They may be limping, depending on what part of the body. But the same thing's true spiritually. When we see people and we look at their body language, we see what, what's their facial expression. You can tell they're hurting. They're in pain. It's the words coming out of their mouth. See, we don't, that's, we don't condemn those people. We realize, you know what's happened? They've been wounded. And the Bible says we're to pour in the oil and the wine. We're not to, you know, get out our dagger and wound them some more for being wounded. Well, let me help you with that. Well, I thought amputation would be good there, brother. <laughs> Are you listening? But see, we, when we put on this breastplate, especially, it protects the vital. The enemy is constantly accusing the people of God. He's called the accuser of the brethren and the sistren. <laughs> He's the accuser, isn't he? Well, I'm not going to lend my support and my agreement to the accusations of the enemy. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to talk about a brother or sister. I'm not going to talk about anybody. But I'm certainly not going to talk about a brother or sister. Yeah, but they really did that. Well, I know. Be praying for them. Go over there and help them. Go over there and encourage them. Go over there and teach them something. Go over there and give them something. How did God help you when you were lost and undone? Did He knock you in the head? Tell you you're a bum? No. It says, for God so loved the world. What did He do? He forgave all your trespasses. He said, I'm not going to remember them anymore. He extended mercy. He extended grace. So when we put on this breastplate of righteousness, it protects us from the guilt, the condemnation, the accusation, and the shame of the enemy that tries to attack our most vital area, which is our heart. Because if he can attack that, he will undermine your faith, your confidence, and your ability to stand against him. Faith, your faith and your prayers will not work when you're feeling condemned, guilty, or shame. It shorts it out. This is why the Apostle John says, if we have committed, if there's any real sin. But here's the thing about the enemy. He doesn't wait for you to, to actually sin to condemn you. He will condemn you and try to put shame on you for things that you've all, it's already been forgiven and under the blood. Oh, he's good about dragging up the past, isn't he? Oh, yeah. And especially when you need to be standing strong with your faith and with your prayers and believing uh, the promises of God for a situation in your life, that's when he wants to bring it all up, doesn't he? Boy, you remember last week when you honked your horn, lay down on the horn to that person that cut you off? 
None of y'all do that, but. You know, whatever, it could be something as silly as that or something. But, you know, things that are under the blood already. The Bible says if they're under the blood, if you confess them, God's forgiven you. They're under the blood and He doesn't remember them anymore. So if He don't remember them anymore, that can't be God that's reminding you. Because He's forgotten them. (laughs) Isn't that right? (laughs) It's the enemy. And then the other thing I found out how the enemy works in this area is he he will just kind of... Put this, this just, you know, nebulous feeling and thought of you just don't measure up. I mean, it's nothing specific. It's just, you know, everything about you is bad. You know what I mean? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just, just, that, that, just that general idea that, you know, man, I'm telling you, you're not so hot. I don't know if God really loves you. I mean, you know. And it, there's that vague you know, condemnation that kind of, you remember the, you old enough remember the comic strip, you know, where he went around and he had the cloud over him all the time, <laughs> this dark cloud. It's just that kind of thing. Just can't quantify, nothing you can quantify, just this feeling of, mm, I don't quite measure up. See, so you need to put on that breastplate of righteousness. The Bible says that all of our works are as filthy rags. So let's just get past all that. And let's put our hope and our fix our faith in Jesus. Let me read you a couple of scriptures really quick. Romans 5. Turn over there. Hallelujah. Romans 5. Verse 17. Listen to this. For if by the trespass of the one man, Adam, death reigned through that one man, How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift? Everybody say gift. Gift. Have you ever got a gift before? Anybody in here ever got a gift in your life? How much did it cost you? Did you try to pay the person who gave you the gift? Did you say, now how much did that cost me? I want to reimburse you. It was a gift. Abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Let's say that together. The gift of righteousness. Say it again. The gift of righteousness. Righteousness in God is not about earning something. Because if you earn it, it's not a gift. (laughs) But if I just pull it out and give it to you, here, I want you to have this Rolex watch. Oh, no, I'm not worthy of that. I couldn't possibly wear that. Well, give it to me. I'll wear it. (laughs) How much greater the gift of righteousness. And notice what he said. The gift of righteousness. He said, reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. We reign in life by receiving by faith this free gift of righteousness when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and we confess Him as our Lord and Savior with our mouth, the Bible says we receive this free gift of righteousness. That means we're in right standing with God. And He's the only one who can judge or condemn us because now we stand with our breastplate on. When God looks at us, when the devil looks at us, He sees the breastplate of righteousness. Now, I want to just make this point. 
all of the armor of God except for the Word of God cannot be seen with these eyes. See, you don't realize it, but we all have on, if you're a believer, a breastplate of righteousness. And it shines. I mean, that, that, bre- that, that, that part of the armor was usually made out of brass. It was buffed to a high gloss. You ever been out on a sunny day and you're, you're walking or driving or something, and all of a sudden uh, uh, the sun hit a piece of chrome on a car or something at just the right angle, and it hit your eye? Man, you, you know, and for a minute there, you're like, can you imagine thousands of these Roman soldiers? They got their breastplates on, that armor on, and it's all buffed and shining, and the, the sun's glinting off of it, and they're giving a shout as they charge the enemy. Come on. Listen, you have on the breastplate. Don't take it off. Leave it on, the breastplate of righteousness. It's a free gift. It's not based on what you've done and that you've got all your ducks in a row and you did everything just right and you read the Bible 40 hours and prayed another 80 this week and, and you gave every penny you earned. And I mean, It's not about that. It's about who is your faith in. We sang about it today. The blood of Jesus Christ has redeemed us. But not only has He forgiven us, He has made us righteous just as if I had not sinned, justified before God. And the Bible says, who is it that can condemn since it is God who has the right to condemn, the only right to condemn, but He's the one that's made us righteous. So you think God's going to make you righteous and condemn you all on the same time? No, God's not double-minded. That's the enemy. And see, what we need to do at those times, see, as I said, sometimes, you know, the blow hits your armor. But if the blow hits your armor, you may feel it, but it's not a mortal blow. And so you need to remember, you know what? And I tell the devil this all the time. Listen, I've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. God made me righteous. It's a free gift of righteousness. And I have on the breastplate of righteousness that God gave me, and no weapon formed against me will prosper against it. And I'm not going to allow a condemnation to get on me. I'm not going to let the accusations of the enemy. It's going to hit and bounce off. I'm not going to sit there and, and start thinking on it. Yeah, that's right. Just get over it. And realize what the enemy is trying to do. Are you listening? See, this breastplate provides confident faith attitude in battle. We need to enter the battle with confidence. This armor God has given me, God's armor, it is reliable. It will do exactly what God intended it to do if we will just keep it on and we will use it. But too many people take it off at the first sign of, uh, of uh, accusation or guilt. People just take it all off and say, that's right, I'm just no good. And they just wallow around and all that. Get your breastplate back on. Say what God's Word says about it. Resist the enemy and he will flee. Well, how do we resist the enemy? When you resist his lies, his accusations, his condemnation, and his guilt. When you resist that, you're resisting the enemy. And you resist it using what? The breastplate of righteousness and what? The belt of truth. Thank you for your enthusiasm. 
Let me read you one more, and I've got to close. Listen to this, Romans 8. You know this one. Therefore, there is now. When is now? Now when is now? Now when is now? It's funny how now is always now, isn't it? Now except when the enemy is attacking you. That's not a now. That's a now too, isn't it? There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. The devil deals with the law of sin and death. That is his projectile that he is always trying to bash down the breastplate of righteousness. He says, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. You did this. You shouldn't have done that. And he keeps throwing them at you. And he keeps throwing them at you. But if you'll stand in your breastplate of righteousness, they just hit and bounce off. And we'll talk about the shield of faith later. And, and you can use that shield of faith. And they just bounce off. But if you go to listening and you go to embracing all that junk, then he's going to penetrate. And the next thing you know, you've lost your confidence in the battle. You've lost your confidence in prayer. You've lost your confidence before God. And that's what he's after. Well, let me give you some action points. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Are you wearing the belt of truth in your conflict with the devil? Do you have the belt? Is God's Word the final say-so? Do you know what God's Word says about your current conflict you're in? What has He said about your health? What has He said about your finances? What has He said about your children? What has He said? I know what you can see. I know what your circumstances say. I know what other people are saying about your circumstance to you. But what has God said? You know, in our uh, judicial system here, you know, we have different levels of government. We have local and state and, and federal, don't we? And we've got a judicial system, and it's also ranked by hierarchy and by authority, isn't it? And as you go up each step of the way, uh, the, the court above that lower court has a greater jurisdiction, doesn't it? That's why it can overturn a lower court's decision, isn't that right? And if you get to the Supreme Court, there's nobody to overturn that decision in our country, is there? And see, God's Word is the Supreme Court for us as believers. There's no higher appeal than the, God, the Word of God, the blood of Jesus, the grace of God. That's it. That's the Supreme Court. And when I find out what it says, that trumps all the other lower levels of authority who are trying to tell me what my life is going to be. Is your breastplate of righteousness in place? Do you know that He's made you righteous? It's a free gift. It's a gift of righteousness. You didn't earn it. You, you receive it when you make Jesus Savior and Lord. Put it in place. Leave it in place. It's not based on your feelings. It's not based on your circumstance. It's not based on what Grandma said. It's not based on what the critics say. It's based on what Jesus has finished by His death, His burial, and His resurrection, and your faith in that. It's settled. It's done. That's it. There's nothing else to be done to it. Just keep it on. And then finally, are you defeated by guilt, condemnation, or shame? 
If you are, then you have been listening to old Diablo. And we've all been there. And then there are times when the enemy attacks, when life circumstances hit you, and I'm telling you, those thoughts come at you like machine gun bullets. And that's when we've got to know that we have the armor of God. And we have it in place and we use it to effectively extinguish all the fiery darts, the fiery bullets of the enemy. And as we go through this month, Passion Church, we're going to be talking about all the different parts of the armor of God and how we are to use them to defeat the enemy in this cosmic conflict. And the Bible says if we use this this Uh, armor of God, if we put it on and use it, then we will be able to stand, we will have confidence, and we will have victory in God. Doesn't mean you won't have a battle. Doesn't mean that there won't be some fiery darts that will bounce off your armor or bounce off your shield, but they will not be mortal blows. You will not be defeated. You will not be overwhelmed. You will not be wounded and have a bitterness about you. But you will come through them and have joy and have victory and have confidence as you move forward in God. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? Father, I thank you today that we have the armor of God. It's given to us. Father, for every believer in this place, I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of this truth. Father, that we will be able to grasp and lay hold and dare to believe and dare to put on and wear the armor of God. And Father, when we fight the enemy, we don't fight it in our own power, but we fight it in the power of God, which is your armor. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray for those who maybe the enemy is attacking right now. He's accusing, he's condemning them. Maybe he's coming against their their relationships, against their finances, their health, whatever it is. In the name of Jesus, right now, I encourage you, my brother and sister, put on the full armor of God. Realize that you have all that you need to put the enemy to flight in your life. Thank you, Father. If you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus your Savior. The Bible says, if we will believe in our heart, on the Lord Jesus Christ, that that is that He came, He died and bore my sins, your sins. And He, through His death and His burial and His resurrection, He provides a free gift of salvation to be made right with God. All we have to do is believe on Him in our heart and confess Him with our mouth. If you're here this morning, you've never done that, you'd like to be included in this prayer I'm about to pray. Would you just lift your hand? I'll see it, and I'll know that you're included in this. I never like to leave without giving people opportunity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't see any hands. Hallelujah. You can look up. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.